Hello? Scotty, where you at? Scotty, where you at? Come and get your ass in gear, record another episode with me. How was that? I think I preferred last week. Okay, you know, we're just going to have to keep going back and forth on this until you just learn how to stop being mean. There's nothing mean about it. It's you ask me a question, I give you an honest answer. You asking me to lie to you? Okay, so okay, I'm, I'm getting, I'm beginning, Scotty, in the honest, in the, in, in the interest of maintaining a healthy co-host relationship. I think I'm picking up on the fact that you don't seem to love my singing very much. And I just want to make sure I'm I'm correctly, you know, assessing the situation here. Love is a very strong word. Um, I, I'm trying Go to ahead. I'm trying to think of an, an appropriate verb. I can I can to, tolerate is tolerate a good word. <laughs> okay, Scott. I hope you hear the sirens in the background, which are coming to 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 rescue me from my, the, the depths of my sadness. It's a therapy ambulance. It's coming to coming to relieve you. <laughs> it's a therapy. They're going to apply some some baton therapy. Oh dear. Well, there we are, John. It's it's good to see that some things in life just don't change. Yeah, <laughs> me being a dumbass. <laughs> well. Um, Scotty, we're we're now on the first day of the second month of the year. Have you have you shipped? <laughs> Sorry, not to answer Google. <laughs> no, no. Or, or have you av tagged? We uh, we have put out. Um, I think we said last week that, uh, or oh, I said last week that we've made enough last minute changes that I felt I wanted to do another beta, and. The and I went back through our beta emails, which we said this is the last beta. Um, but uh, no, we have shipped one more beta, and the the plan is to um, hopefully ship next week. We'll see. Would you consider that next week shipment to be the master beta? <laughs> 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 and that's why the people come for this show, literally. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so disgusting. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, next week could be the popping of corks and the shipping party, but um, I would hope I would hope so. We'll see, we'll see. the uh, The Mac App Store build is should be submitted uh, tomorrow because we realise we've not actually put because we've not been using Test Flight for Mac because, um, although Test Flight for Mac you can run. Um, the app can run for any, I think, any level of Mac OS, but only people with, I think, is it 15, um, 10, 15 onwards can use test flight. And we were obviously quite keen for people with older OSs to also do it. So, but because of that, we've never actually submitted anything from what we're doing here to uh, app review. So that should hopefully go in tomorrow. So we'll find out if we're getting accepted or rejected uh, of course we may have to do some more changes if something comes up in the beta but at least we'll know that's in all the subscriptions are set up um website is pretty close to being done having to we're moving websites um as well at the same time the whole licensing system changes so there's a whole bunch of a few days work of just you know making sure things ready and just making sure that during that because of the joys of dns that during that moment when you sort of switch from one to the other that 
everything on both sides still sort of works. Um, yeah, so that's what this week is about, really, where coding should have now ended, unless something major comes up. We just felt we'd made a, you know, a few changes that fixed a few issues that people had, and it would be good just to get the beta out there and get some confirmation before just shipping out for the sake of another week. So there we are. So next week I'll be telling you why we're waiting another week, but this week I've given you my excuse. Oh, well, that's a very fine excuse, and it, it uh, sounds solid. You, you guys are very good at shipping those. So. Shipping solids. Yes, there we are. <laughs> so what have you shipped this week? Well, I mean, today, actually, uh, they turned on spatial audio in the, in the app. Um, so I didn't, I, you know, I, I did a very, very minor thing, although uh, on iOS, which minor because I've, we've done it for lots of things. So, you know, our our titles have lots of different options in terms of the encoding and quality and features. And one of the features that we just added is spatial audio. Um, and so uh, in order to make sure that, that titles that have spatial audio are known to people, we have to be able to tag them as having it. And there's the work of re-encoding the titles and, and getting a critical mass of them. And then and then for individual titles, being you know, making it clear that it's available for the particular device. Um, so as a result, you know, we it, it, we've been doing it for a while because it started back on the days we first started supporting like high dynamic range video or, or, or you know, 4K video or, you know, what else, you know, uh, Dolby Atmos and, 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 and different types of, of, of audio descriptions in different language subs and dubs so that basically for every title that's in there, we can find out from our backend services what options, what, what we call a badge in context. Um, and so starting, you know, I don't know, two, three years ago when I was started, you know, making our, our details pages respect preferred content sizes, I, I, you know, I started implementing all this badging as a single attributed string. I've talked about it in the past. So once you kind of get over that that hump, it becomes possible to, to, to just add additional badges. The only kind of thing that gets a little bit tricky is that some titles may have lots and lots of different badges. And even at the, you know, regular preferred content size, you might not be able to fit them all in one row. So then the question comes is like, do you group them together? Under what circumstances do you break to a second line? And I, and I realized that, uh, that, uh, we were a bit farther ahead on on iOS side uh, than our Android brethren um, because basically they always said like you know we don't want to have more than one line and uh, they basically kind of it was a little bit hard coded in terms of you know there's some text component of it and then there are some images and and you can you can lay things out any number of different ways you can you know create a container view which will have a UI image and then a UI label and then another UI image and so on and so forth but I, I long time ago decided that it would make much more sense. To do it as an attributed string. And then all you have to do there is to make sure that, you know, if you have to force a carriage return, you can do that, um, which is required in some contexts. But generally speaking, you should just let it flow with the size of the containers, given a number, given a width, you know, the, all the, the, the text handling mechanisms already built into iOS take care of those things for you. So audio, spatial audio was was different in, in certain aspect in that it also had to be localized because the word spatial audio, that's our term, it's kind of it's a generic term, really, but then our icon is the, the two things together communicate a what it is and b that that you know uh, that that it's to distinguish it as our implementation of some type of magic audio things because there are lots there's Atmos, you know there's there's any number of you know whatever surround sound five one there's lots of different kind of branded. Uh, types of those things. Ours is a very prag pragmatic one is that it, it works in a regular stereo mix, which is kind of what's cool about it. It doesn't require you 
you to have, you know, surround sound speakers to be able to, to take advantage of. And it's really quite effective, especially for certain types of titles where you have kind of vast sweeping, you know, activities, planes going across the sky or whispers hearing around the background. So that so was how, the idea behind it. So how does this differ to, you know, because obviously, um, you know, lots of titles come with Dolby surround sound or Dolby Atmos, as it was, whatever it's called now. Right, whatever right. So how does this differ? Is this a different, a different thing again that you can use to get more, you know, more atmospheric audio when you're not in a surround sound, but the Atmos yes. is still there. If you've got the full setup, you'll still use Atmos. So basically, if I was just listening to this on my computer or or on something with just stereo speakers, this would give me more right. space as opposed to yes. if I was on a surround sound system, I'd still use Dolby Atmos. Yes, exactly. So it's like one of those things that a video stream will always adapt itself to the capability of the device that's on there. So, you know, not every, not every screen can play 4K video, for example, or not every, you know, device has you know, the capability or, 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 you know, audio setup has this capability. So this is, a, you know, it really helps for, for certain contexts where stereo is what's available. So it, it's kind of, it's really nice for mobile, for example, because you might be, you know, watching, you know, on a train somewhere and it's nice to have that, that bigger, you know, that bigger sound field. So that's what I think is really nice about it. Um, and so, you know, the, back to the last little bit of details about the implementation of it. It's like the other thing that I noticed the difference between iOS and Android is, is, Android is certainly a lot more sensitive to lower, you know, capability platforms that have less storage and and are, are typically used in network contexts where you, where you may not have an all you can eat data plan. So they're very concerned about not shipping more with the app than is needed. And so, uh, since the word spatial audio we actually localized, and so we actually have language specific variants of this 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 badge, uh, which is different from other ones because Dolby, for instance, is a trademark. It's just the glyph. Um, and something like the, you know, the, the audio description, um, uh, you know, badge that's, that's kind of become a universal glyph, just like NHD, for example, is high definition, even though it's an English word, it ends up being kind of the accepted, you know, standard around the world. But for this particular case, you know, we couldn't do something and we really need to have a tightly designed, uh, icon. So there's a lot of work in Bale to, to, to make them. Everybody thinks it's oh, very simple. Just take the glyph and put a little run of text to it. And it's like, it, nah, it doesn't work that well to make a really well-crafted, uh, you know, vector artwork that can scale whatever size across devices or even on the same devices to respect different preferred content sizes. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, and so, uh, and then you have to kind of ship them all. So on iOS, we ship them all and then we determine what the profile language is and then we match it with fallbacks. So, um, that's helpful. So, you know, it, it's like one of those things where you say, ah, oh, it's nothing, just slap an icon somewhere in the UI. It actually requires more thought to be able to, to, to handle all these different cases. Um, and I, I did post about it on LinkedIn because I just said, like, here's an example of attention details, just one aspect of it. But, you know, it, it's something that I think Apple is very, very good at. And I can say personally, I strive in, in my career to try attention to the, these, these details um, because they matter. Anyway, so that's what I shipped uh, this week. Well, look at you. Look at you being Mr. Superstar. Uh, yeah, but wait until, you know, <laughs> when I productize the thing that I've been working on for for more than a year, then I'll be a lot more loud. <laughs> this was just kind of a minor thing. Right. So this is this to, isn't to, to the, the secret other. stuff that we're not allowed to talk about, but we tease all the time. This is that's, you know, that's, yes. this is like a minor, like, uh, I'm just going to throw this to keep the masses happy. Exactly, chumming the waters so that the that the shark comes comes to the surface when necessary. Very cool, very cool. So uh, I've been 
I think I spoke about this last week. I can't remember, or maybe the week before, or maybe the week before that as well. I don't know, but you know, ah, oh, I wish there was an alternative to Xcode. It oh, really? Just, you're, you're having you're having an Xcode blows moment. Oh, it just drives me mad sometimes. It just gets itself in a mess that you know. I had this situation last week or this week. I remember that you know it would. It would, you do a build, it would show me errors, and then after about three seconds, they disappear. And the only way you could get them to come back was to close the Xcode project, reopen the project, and then they'd all be back again, if you were lucky. But every time you did a build, they then disappeared again. And it was like, oh, yes. And it was like, how much of my day did I spend trying to get Xcode errors to to do, as opposed to just fixing them or whatever else? And it was like, you know, ah! And it's, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, and it's just, uh, I mean, when it works, it's fantastic, but you know, when it doesn't, it's, it's, it's a bit like everything Apple really, when it works, it's great. When it doesn't, you're shafted. There's nothing yeah. you can do. And, um, I'm not sure that, uh, an alternative to Xcode would actually be any better or cause you know, let's face it, lots of IDEs are, you know, they're, they're, they're huge, complicated things. I mean, it's, it's not like I'm moaning about some little crappy single ui table view app that only has to display some json and there's absolutely no excuse for that not working xcode has you know xcode has a lot of reasons it may not work and it is a you know a, 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 a monster of an application um so yeah i don't want to be totally unreasonable but there are just bits of it sometimes that just make me want to scream and it's uh just makes me just think yeah this is uh you know please please there must be an alternative but of course no one's going to do it because yeah, I don't know how big the Xcode plus task. I don't know how big the Xcode team is, but it's it's going to be probably one of the bigger teams in Apple, I'd imagine. And you know the amount of complexity in it that is like, you know, why would anybody else do that? Just when no one's going to pay for it because Xcode is free. Um, and this is yeah. this sort of always reminds me a little bit, really, because if you develop for Microsoft, um, Microsoft Visual Studio has some free versions but the big beastie version is definitely not free it's and it's actually i haven't looked at the prices recently last time i looked it was like over a thousand dollars um in there and sort of part of me would say that look if if it gets me more i'll pay for xcode every year on some sort of subscription if it just gets some shit done that should be done in it but I, yeah, it can't be because of budget and whatever else because you know Apple's got money pouring out of every orifice it has. So it's um yeah, but anyway, it's still it's still a and that's another reason why it's frustrating. It's you know, but there we are, there we are. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe I'm just being unreasonable. I think you're having a moment, but I get it. But, you know, and I'm reminded of of this every time I express frustration about something with a very minute detail that only a tiny number of people in my immediate environment can understand. And sometimes I'll hear from a colleague, it's like, well, that's 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 what we're paid for, you know, to to deal with this complexity. And I and 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 I get it. You know, it's like it's it's incredibly frustrating in the moment, and then you kind of you have to sometimes. Uh, force yourself not to get too wrapped around it because then it's not good for your mental health. It's also not good for the health of any particular project. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I do try to have a lot of, of sympathy both for the people who have to use it and the people that have to craft it because think of all the complexity they have to deal with. Um, and I think hopefully by the by things get simpler. I mean, e- even, even, 
in discussions that I've been having right now about how to productize this this successful winning A-B test, you know, a lot of things that, that I w- had to do and was able to do are, you know, well, it's, 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 I'll have to save that conversation for later because it requires too much context. But over the lifetime of, of a, you know, a year is a long time in, in, the, in, the, the, in any given project. If you think about how quickly technology changes and things that you might have had to do to be able to get a project out the door may have become improved upon. So there's much better ways of doing it or, or whatever. And it's, it's, it's something that just comes to mind every day. It's like, when you, how do you be an expert when when expertise in any given topic in the world of software engineering has a shelf life of of sometimes six months, sometimes just a few years, um, and that's that's one of the the, the simultaneously fascinating things and engaging things because you're always having to to search for something and you know learn something new, but also one of the frustrating things because all the little tips and tricks you you know needed to be able to coax Xcode into working or doing what you need to do or to make the DOM do some bizarre thing if you're a web developer and so on and so forth. So really software engineering is just more and more about a kind of <laughs> mental health maintenance in the face of constant face slapping from the tools <laughs> and people you work with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, I know there are people with far tougher jobs that have to put up with far more shit than me and my error issues, but it's, yeah, it's, we're still going to moan about it because that's yeah yeah we even get out there and just bitch to the world about it on you know, on a podcast. That's how sad we are about it. But there we go. Yeah, it's like we're not we're not like having to blow up Fatbergs for Thames water supply. I hope I can find that if I can remember that in the show notes. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know what a Fatberg? Is? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. And I watched watched a video of the team that has to go through London's various waterways and explode fat birds. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, Scotty, if at any point you find that working with Xcode is more pleasant than exploding fat birds, you're in you're in fine form today. I, I, I whatever you were eating, drinking, smoking before the show, it's it's working. Obviously. <laughs> There we go. It's, it's well, I'm doing intermittent fasting, so I breakfasted on a cappuccino. That's it. So. Oh, there we are. So this is deliriousness, not a not them. So, yeah. So uh, did you? Um, I don't think we spoke about this last week. But, uh, we mentioned it, but I don't think. We know. Uh, obviously, the new MacBook Pro was released yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's the staple machine MacBook Pro of almost every developer i know i mean obviously there are some of the use studios and whatever else but i would say the macbook pro has to be the most um common developer machine so uh i think you're currently on uh the m1 mac pro MacBook I pro, am. Like, yeah same as myself uh you going to be upgrading or is it like um are you are you quite um, happy with where you are well, you know, I am happy with where I am, but as we said earlier, what I'm not happy with is that I, I only have only have 16 gigabytes of RAM. So if I had an M2, that would probably make compile times faster, but mostly what would make my life easier is if I had more RAM because I get to the point where I'm, I start swapping, especially if I have to have Docker running or, or Slack, you know. Um, but I was thinking about it from another perspective. But we um, had this discussion because, when you got it, got it, because you can get the M1 with 32 gig of RAM. Is this you, you can? Is this I, because I, you I, had to go I, out and buy one in store or something? If I remember correctly, and I, they only yes, did 16. Yes, 
at the basically that was the thing. It's like you know, I was I was working on a, such a a kind of trashy by comparison Intel machine, which was already two three years old, and it was really it was at the point where it's just like it, here's the thing to keep in mind. You know, basically, it, it, you know, at some point your time is super valuable. So even if you think, oh my god, I'm going to spend two thousand dollars on on a piece of hardware, that's you know, in the context of of, of a, a Silicon Valley company or any large entity where software development is a serious undertaking, it, it's it's nonsense. I mean, it's like, it, you know, I, we, I've had managers and directors who say, like, if it, if it saves you even, you know, a matter of a day a month, it's absolutely worth it, worth it. So, you know, if I really wanted one, I could justifiably get one. I'm not going to quite yet. I will kind of probably sometime, but my laptop is, is doing fine. It's only a year old. Um, uh, so, but the thing that I was interested in uh, is that uh, my son's going off to college and he's going to study uh, engineering. And so the kind of requirement for him is is to, to work with SolidWorks, which is a Windows application. It's like the leading professional 3D modeling tool. So all the different, you know, mechanisms, if you want to do 3D prints and things like that, or 3D manufacturing, it, you know, that's the tool chain. And it's not available on Windows. And yet so many people, you know, love laptops and Mac laptops are just embarrassingly much better. than There's just not really any, any Intel laptop that runs even, you know, at all close to what uh, what what an Apple laptop will run. And so then people say, well, it's not a problem. I'll just get such a fast machine. I can run, you know, I can run it in parallels or, or, or whatever. And and so many people want to do it that even on, on SolidWorks, you know, very straight-laced Windows app site saying, yeah, sure, it's possible to do. Here's the limitations. But the fundamental limitation is 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 that in order to get the performance they needed in the world of Wintel, they have to basically you know, uh, write specifically to uh, GPU, you know, like NVIDIA GPU, they will write their own drivers that will be launched so that they can get the performance they need. And so that's, you You don't get benefit of it. So even though you have like a raging fast CPU in the form of, of Apple Silicon, and even though you get amazing fast, you know, hardware, dedicated hardware, 3D rendering pipeline through metal and, and, and so on and so forth, that, you know, running under some type of emulation, you don't get advantage of it. So I was having that conversation with a child. So I, I wonder if in the future, whether whether these laptops, fast as a, as they are, relatively inexpensive as they are, and, and power efficient as they are, will ever start to move some of the higher end pro tools um, in the generic sense, not the specific audio editing tool, but in the generic sense, you know, to, to come back to the Mac a little bit. That's what I've been interested to think about. Well... You have four minutes to opine on that. I don't think I need four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, who cares? I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's. It used to be. I mean, I think we got a little bit used to, and I'm I'm not ignoring what you're saying here, but I think this whole, um, you know, it used to be that it got to the stage that Apple's MacBook Pro updates were so rare that every time that one came out, we bought one. Uh, but so I think now these are back, probably back. People are back to like you could go on to a two or maybe even three year cycle and in three years time when you're getting your nice new shiny machine it's the machine you're getting rid of is still a usable machine and mm -hmm. so, i mean you know before this laptop i was using um uh 2018 intel macbook pro and yeah i mean i came off that a little bit because i moved on to an m1 macbook air because it was a lot faster <laughs> um yeah and there but i don't think we, we're not going to get the same you know Intel to M1 was a huge upgrade. I think the M1 to M2 is an upgrade, but it's it's. I'm not convinced. You know, 
how much of an upgrade it is for most of us. I think you know, shaving 10 seconds off of your one minute build time is nice, but not essential. Yep, shave, <laughs> shaving. I mean, if you're if you're the type of person where your builds are 20 minutes and you're taking two minutes off, that is worth it because if you're <laughs> building, you know, if you're building, you know, twice a day, then every you know, that's four minutes a day. That adds up very quickly into hours and hours and hours over a period of a couple of years, and then why wouldn't you? Um, you know, and if especially if you're one of these people who's build times in hours and you're taking hours off, that's even even more so. But I think for myself, as long as you said, unless you're in a position that, you know, you bought the wrong machine like you did, uh, <laughs> and I seem to remember we had this discussion that you may regret that. Uh, I think you even said at the time you may regret that, but you needed to do it at the time, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, I think it's a case of, um, you know, I'm thinking a bit like phones, you know, I started going to every other phone once it became more incremental upgrades. Um, this is, uh, in fact, this, I'm still, my, I'm still on iPhone 12 because it's still a perfectly good phone. It holds its charge most of the time. And, you know, the, the, you know, so, whatever, so the same thing. So I won't be upgrading either, but I think, you know, looking forward to the M3, in about 15 months time and that will be my next machine probably yeah if there's right. like something you know really really jazzy on it but it's it's not it's an it's a nice incremental upgrade and i'm glad that apple have done it i celebrate apple have done it because it's been too long since we've just had nice incremental performance boosts um so keep going apple well done all right well now i have one last topic i think that that's important um how have you been getting on with Mastodon? I've I've actually uh, quite liked it. I've made the switch over, and two things happened uh, this past week. Is uh, you know I, I got a copy of Ivory. Um, I also have a, a copy of Ice Cubes. They're both really great. You know, uh, uh, you know, lovingly crafted, performant, easy to use, beautiful. You know, uh, iOS clients for the Mastodon service, which was great. But the main thing is that there was a service that was out there that would find your your Twitter followers and following list, and then find the equivalent on Mastodon. And all of a sudden, uh, when it actually worked, the third or fourth time I tried it, I start getting notifications over and over again, and all these old, you know faces, people that. I, I know and remember fondly from having gone to conferences or you know in areas of interest, and I found that I've actually come to really enjoy uh, the experience of having these these conversations out there. And the only complaint I possibly have right now is that the services are still growing and federated search is not all that great. Um, but I've actually quite enjoyed it. How about you, Scotty? I would say um, yes. I I. I... I'm enjoying it. I, I'm, I'm using Ivory, which um, is basically Tweetbot for Mastodon, and a Tweetbot was my Twitter client, so everything feels um, very familiar to me. But to be honest, even though I, you know, I, I give a Twitter handle out every week, I really almost given up on Twitter a long time ago, and not, and you know, this is before Elon, just simply because I didn't really use it that much, and. You know, part of me is wondering, is that because, I, I mean, I use the service that you said about um, finding all your Twitter followers. But one of the things I'm enjoying the most is I've basically just stopped following everyone. Um, and then I'm just re-following people as I come across them for some reason. You know, that, yeah, maybe I picked six people to start with and if they mention so say you, you might be one of them and you mention somebody else and i think oh yes that person i'll just follow them 
but by uh, at this moment in time i'm only following 33 people and <laughs> that means and i'm not one of them you are one of them i'm pretty sure I'm you are okay one. yeah well, uh, <laughs> well if you're not you will be in a minute i'm pretty sure you are um uh and that's just built up you know a week ago i was following maybe six people or whatever um and the fact that my timeline is a lot quieter um is means i'm actually enjoying it's a lot more and using it a lot more um and i think basically i got to the point and i don't remember how many people on twitter i was following it was in the hundreds you know it wasn't thousands but it was definitely in in the hundreds and it was like it was just so busy i just you know i I wasn't really gaining from it because if you, you either had to be a completionist and go through your timeline with thousands of messages in to see anything or if you weren't then you were missing lots of things that people um don't um you know we're saying because it was just scrolling past so i think one of the things for me now is i'm going to just try and um you know probably keep my following count down i know over time it will go up because you know i don't want to offend anybody by not following them lots of people have lots of interesting things to say uh but i think by keeping it narrower um i'm going to interact with it more um and that is probably better so you know ask me in six months when i'm following a thousand people again and never using it because i can't keep up with what's going on uh, and, we'll, and we'll see how much bullshit i've just fed you but on well, the whole I yes the... i like it and i agree but i agree that the having the different servers and not everyone's on mastodon.social and then finding things i'm not sure if i just don't fully understand it yet or just the apps are not good at it yet um but yeah no that that is a little a little more awkward but then again you know uh, I think the overall philosophy of uh, no one owns this and it could be all over the place is better. Yeah. Well, I think that, the, and I'll, I'll shut up and say these last two things is that, you know, if, if the, the, the main thing is that there's, you know, you, you see what, the tweets of the whatever or the the posts of the people who who you follow and that's it there's no entity that's going to say yeah i know that you said that you would like to see this but tell you what we want to drive engagement so we're going to show you these things along with these sponsored things and i think that's the thing that made a lot of people kind of throw their hand up the air a colleague of mine you know on the whole question of of how do you find stuff and how do you deal with this federated world like think of each thing as an email address and it's like when you send an you know it's but you're sending an email potentially to the world um, and that you have to, and that most people have multiple email addresses, and and you you may know them as 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 that. Um, so that that's a little bit of of complexity to it. But anyway, on that point, Scotty, um, you know, uh, if people want to in the world go out and become one of the lucky few people that that you follow because of something super insightful they had to say, where might they kind of proffer their their bits of wisdom towards you in cyberspace that you might then you know. <laughs> grant them an audience on your screen well you could do that on facebook or no you can um well you can but i don't want to do it uh it's uh i'm a mastodon as we just said i'm scotty at developer.social and uh, john because you are far more popular than me and everybody loves to talk to you and listen to you you know where should they be like making sure they've got the latest iphone in order to cope with the the, the amount of messages and everything that will come flowing out when they sort of interact with you. Oh, you will find me beating the drum on the internet as always. Uh, Jembe, D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. Um, okay, well, uh, take it away, Scotty. Well, I am hoping this is the last podcast in which I've had to say we will be shipping soon. 
you watch me eat humble pie next week, I am sure. Or maybe I just won't record next week if that's the case in order to make this statement true. The proper politician in me. And there's Barky the failure dog. He's he's just come in just to get his show in. Either way, he doesn't now he's now he's entitled to some of the royalties uh from the show, because uh, he's made an appearance. But anyway, thank you for making an appearance, John. Thank you for making an appearance, partial listener, whoever you are this week. Uh, Thanks for listening. And until next time, you take care.